0: cover here on NFL Live today. The Patriots offense now in the hands of Bill O'Brien. He looks to get Mac Jones back on track. Jordan Love, the new QB1 in Green Bay, will dive deep on the Packers new starter. And the Ravens have a new coordinator, plus some new weapons and a new scheme. How will that fit the handsomely paid Lamar Jackson? That and much more to cover here with our crew today. You see them up here on this wall. Left to right, Keyshawn Johnson. Teddy Bruski and Adam Schefter, we begin the show with a developing story. As free agent wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins is scheduled to visit the Titans later this week, setting up a possible reunion with Mike Brabel, who was the Texans defensive coordinator for part of Hopkins' time in Houston. Brabel and second year wideout Traylon Burke were asked about Hopkins just moments ago.
1: You know, we brought in a bunch of different players. Um, DeAndre will be somebody that we'll bring in next week, early next week, at the end of this week. And Um, go through the same visit that we go through with everybody and then,
2: you know, start the process.
3: And if that works out, then you go on to the next step. He's an awesome player, a great player. It would be fun to play with him. So, uh, you know, if we end up getting him, then we get him. If we don't, then we don't.
0: All right, Shefty. So, by the way, classic answer from Mike Vrabel right there. But what more can you tell us about the possibility of DeAndre Hopkins linking up with the Titans?
4: Well, Field, the Titans have been in need of a wide receiver ever since they traded A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles during last year's draft. There was some speculation that they could go wide receiver at the top of the first round in this year's draft. They didn't do that. They went with Peter Skoronsky the offensive tackle. So you take a look at the wide receiver depth chart. They've got Traylon Burks. They've got Kyle Phillips. They've got Nick Westbrook-Akina. And they've got some talent there, but they still have a place for a big-name wide receiver. Now, DeAndre Hopkins had said he wanted to play with a team that has stable management. Well, the Titans changed their GM, and they have some stable management right now. He said he wanted to play with a team that had a great defense. Titans do. He said he wanted to play with a great quarterback. That is debatable, but again, the market has been flat for him so far, and it's not like there are an abundance of teams to choose from. Tennessee could use him. He needs a team. There's a logical match. Now the visit will happen, and we'll see what comes out of
0: it. All right, so Key, it's a different general manager. For just a couple of years, the Titans made a big play for Julio Jones, trading for him from Atlanta. It did not work out. As a matter of fact, it went fairly poorly. What do you think about the possibility, though, of signing DeAndre Hopkins in Tennessee?
3: Well, just like Adam said, they they certainly can use DeAndre Hopkins. They have Traylon Burks. We don't know if he'll stay healthy all season long. He's been in and out of the lineup throughout his career thus far. And then when you look at Westbrook Latina, what is that really? When you add a guy like DeAndre Hopkins to the mix, it certainly helps your passing game. But if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, do I really want to be mm. in a run-first type offense at this stage in my career when I'm chasing a Super Bowl-type title? Do I, do I really want to be with that type of team? Yeah, I can bring veteran leadership. I may be able to maximize my earnings, but I think there's a few teams that's out there that probably fits him better. It's probably going to come down the money for him as it, as it looks right now.
2: Yeah, and it's the decision key that players got to make, you know, I mean, as they get later in their career, it's about do you sacrifice, do you sacrifice success or do you sacrifice money? I mean, if you're going to go to a team like Tennessee, I'm sure DeAndre is going to be, want to be compensated well because he is going to be leaned upon as a number one right wide receiver. He is going to be leaned upon by those young receivers that both you and Sheffy mentioned, that they're going to look to him. That's going to like, D-Hop, what can you teach us? Rather than going to a team that has the quarterback and the offense where he could slide in and have success and the team success to win a championship. I mean, I'd like to think DeAndre Hopkins would like to be in contention come December and January for a Super Bowl. I mean, is this division winnable for the Titans with a DeAndre Hopkins? It's possible, yes. I mean, the Jaguars are strong, but the Titans absolutely under Coach Vrabel. Vrabes can do a great job with them, and they'd be contending. However... Hopkins is it money or is it success because in terms of Super Bowl right this is probably this is pro- there are probably better options that he could entertain
0: you know at all offseason I have been noted the Titans are perhaps the most confusing team in the NFL they parted ways with several veterans early in the offseason yet held on to guys like Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill if they do add DeAndre Hopkins that theme will certainly persist We've got mandatory minicamp underway in Dallas as the Cowboys continue with their new-look offense under head coach Mike McCarthy as the play comp. The goals include getting Dak Prescott back on track as it was an up-and-down season for Prescott in 2022. He had three games with a QBR above 90, trailing only Patrick Mahomes for the most in the league. But he also had a three games with a QBR under 25 and never won two straight games without throwing a pick. Earlier today, McCarthy talked about taking over as the play caller for Dak in his eighth season.
5: The quarterback, and it's just the way I've always done it. it was like in Green Bay, and all the way back to New Orleans. They need to own the offense. You know, I'm, I have no interest in. And being known as some guru coach or a smart coach, I'm a, I'm a smart Hall of Fame type quarterbacks. The only way to get there is they, you got to make them own the offense, and he's done a, a really good job of taking ownership of that. And then with that, you know, the mental challenges, um, you know, he has he's knocked it out of the park. All
0: right, Keith, we were talking about pressure on coaches yesterday on the show, so let's get right back to that theme. Do you think there's now more pressure on Mike McCarthy taking over as the play caller or Dak coming off of a bad season to ensure that this
3: offense bounces back? I think it's more pressure on Mike McCarthy. Um, You know, whenever a head coach and Adam can speak to this as well as Teddy, whenever a head coach starts to point the finger, move things around on his staff and take over play calling duties that's because he realizes, if I'm going to go down, I'm going down the way I know how. Mm. He got this job because he was available, but he also did a good job at times in Green Bay as a play caller. So it's nothing new to him. And everybody's looking for him to turn this thing around. And and we look at the statistical side of things, as I said yesterday, with the Dallas Cowboys offense, and we look at it and we say, Kellen Moore did a terrific job. But we're looking at the statistical side of it, mm. not the way you call games. And I think That's important. And the one thing I like in all of this is that he said, I do not want to be known as a guru coach. I don't want to be known as this guru offensive coordinator. I like that because I never like for my offensive coordinators to to call themselves gurus or for other people to call them gurus because all that is is success to be fired.
2: Yeah, I think McCarthy knows too about being a play caller and also a head coach knowing about all three phases of the game that sometimes it's just not all gas, which was Kellen Moore, see how much I can score, see how many yards I can put up, see how great I look as an offensive coordinator to maybe get considered for a head coaching job. Sometimes offensive coordinators get caught up in their own numbers. So McCarthy's saying, all right, who's my best player on my entire team? The best player is Micah Parsons, in my opinion. And that defense, I feel, can be one of the most impactful defenses in the league in terms of taking the ball away, disrupting the quarterback, sacking the quarterback, scoring on defense. They signed Gilmore. There's so many special things they can do defensively that, hey, if I got a third and 12, it's OK for me to call a run and get eight yards and punt because I know I'm going to get the ball back in three downs. And that maybe that's what McCarthy's like. I need to have this type of control so I know how my defense is playing too. A head coach can, can meld those two complementary factions of the offense and the defense together.
0: You know, Shefty, for a few off seasons, I basically asked you every day, what's the latest on Dak Prescott's yeah. contract prior to getting that very <laughs> lucrative extension? Here we are back at square one because his contract is yet again an interesting topic in Dallas. What more can you tell us on that front, though?
4: It's a very interesting topic. It's flown under the radar this offseason, and it's flown under the radar because we've seen so many other quarterbacks on the cusp of getting an extension or getting extended. Jalen Hurts gets extended. Lamar Jackson gets a new deal, and now we're waiting for Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. But in the interim, here lurks Dak Prescott, who has two years left on his contract, but get this field. His contract cap number for next year is close to $60 million. And he already has been tagged twice. So they can't afford to tag him again. And so to have a long-term deal done with Dak, you got to get something done now, sooner rather than later. The longer you wait, the more of an issue this is going to become for the Dallas Cowboys and everybody else. And today, Jerry Jones said, They would like to get a new deal done with Dak Prescott because obviously they need it in place and they're gonna need that cap space. So add one more quarterback to monitor this summer, and that would be Dak Prescott in a situation where the Cowboys almost have to extend him because the numbers out there looming are so Mm. large. And
0: Cheffy, not that his resume right now is in the same tier as somebody like Joe Burrow, but you know, with every Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and every other subsequent quarterback deal. The price tag for these quarterbacks is only going up. There is something to be said for being the first because it might get you a little bit of a discount. Just getting started here on NFL Live, as the Packers prepare for mandatory minicamp, all eyes remain on Jordan Love. What will this offense look like with a new quarterback at the helm? Key and Teddy weigh in on how the team can set Love up for success. Plus, with a reloaded receiver room, the Ravens offense is looking to shred AFC defenses. But as a new look, the best idea for this Ravens team your white key is excited for Lamar to let the ball fly. And NFL Live is brought to you by FX's It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Premiering tonight on FXX. Stream
3: on Hulu. That's when I get my motion. That's when I get
1: my motion. That's when I get my
5: Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be.
0: Tonight we'll have game one of a best of three women's college World Series championship series from Oklahoma City. Rematch of the 2021 championship series, two-time defending champion Oklahoma takes on Florida State, coverage begins at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on ESPN and ESPN+. If you haven't seen Oklahoma yet, whoo, do yourself a favor and check them out. Dolphins mandatory minicamp is also underway, and all the focus remains on quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, is healthy now after suffering multiple concussions last season. His head coach, Michael Daniel, spoke earlier today on his now fourth-year quarterback. Year two, um, the prerequisite, is that he, as the quarterback, he has to have ownership of everything he's doing and what everyone else is doing. He's not only learned the language, but is now fluent in it. I went into this offseason hoping that I would see a graduation and really have. I mean, this dude is everything you'd look for in a starting quarterback, making sure he does his job, but more importantly, how he makes others better at their jobs. Jeff, we heard from Mike McDaniel about Tua's understanding of the offense, but all the discussion this offseason has been on his health. What more can you add to his return to the field?
4: Well, right now, it looks to be good. Of course, it's the offseason. He's not taking any hits, but he's done – extra training, he's altered his training methods, he's engaged in jiu-jitsu, he's done all sorts of things to make sure that he's healthy, and they believe in him right now. And Mike McDaniel, from the moment he took that job as the Dolphins head coach, has been squarely behind Tua. They formed an outstanding relationship. That has continued to grow, and really the questions have shifted from Tua's ability to his durability right mm. now, but they feel comfortable so much so that they've already picked up the fifth-year option in his contract, guaranteeing his salary for the 2024 season.
0: Yeah, good stuff there. Let's take a look at how the Dolphins stack up in a crowded AFC. How about this? The ESPN Analytics team has Miami with a 48% chance to make the playoffs this season. That's eighth in the conference, just behind the Chargers. They have the third-best chance to win the AFC East. And The Dolphins enter the season with the fourth-hardest schedule in the league. All right, so to uh, key, we've established for Tua that staying healthy is the big if. But if this team does stay healthy, where do you see them stacking up? And what is an
3: absolutely loaded AFC? You know, so funny the ESPN analytics. You know how I am about analytics. I really don't care. But that right there, analytics. (laughs) Look, that right there is sort of kind of where I have them. Right? They're not. They're not Kansas City. They're not Cincinnati. They're not Baltimore, and they're not the Bills to me. There's that second four group, right, where you got, like, Jacksonville. you got the Chargers, the Dolphins. You may slide the Browns in there. They fall somewhere in that 5-6 category for me, especially if Tua stays healthy. We saw how they were with Tua when he was healthy last year. Lights out. I understand they beat Baltimore in a come-from-behind miracle victory late in that fourth quarter where he was bombing away. That's not going to happen all the time. I think Baltimore is a better football team with the addition of the receivers now, but they're like, you know, they're five, six for me somewhere in there.
2: Yeah, I'd love to see Tua a healthy key because I agree with you. They're going to be in competition to, to win that division in the AFC East. What's interesting is we, we, we usually talk about the health of a player and we're talking ankles and knees and shoulders and all that stuff. Tua gets a concussion. It may be a five, six game thing before they feel comfortable to even let him back in. So mm. that is something to watch. Mm. I like the Miami Dolphins. I mean, I especially like their defense. Vic Fangio, I think, was one of the best hires of the offseason. I mean, bringing him in and what he does with the scheme, how he has two rushers in, in Phillips and Chubb, and also cornerbacks that can cover. So Tua, hopefully has some time at the beginning of the year to just watch this defense go and then ease into that because all of his training, it's about training and helping him fall. Mm. So how he does with that is going to be interesting to see. But one thing I will know, that defense will be ready to go. Fangio will make one of the best units in the league, and that will keep them afloat.
0: Yeah, Teddy, plenty of talk this offseason about the offense. Perhaps the defense could be close to that same level this season. Perhaps the ultimate wild card in the NFL this year is Jordan Love, the new starting quarterback for the Packers. He's entering his fourth season, but has just one start so far in his career. He'll be charged with taking over for Aaron Rodgers. Head coach Matt LaFleur spoke about Love yesterday.
5: It's about just being accurate, throwing on time making the right decisions, putting the ball in the right spot. I've been encouraged over the course of this last week. One of the things that we've talked about in that room, the process of playing quarterback. I'm less concerned about the end result. If the process is correct, he is going to be more consistent. Just the rhythm and the timing, that's something that we've really stressed. He's done a good job, in particular this week, of of making some really significant strides.
0: All right, Teddy, a new era begins in Green Bay. What is the most important thing for Jordan Love this offseason as he steps into that starting role?
2: Yeah, I think it started with LaFleur's comments is LaFleur is really patient and is trying to temper the public's expectations to let everyone know that this isn't Aaron Rodgers, this is Jordan Love, and we need to take it one day at a time. I mean, Jordan Love needs to realize that, listen, he can't come in thinking he's going to be the undisputed leader of this offensive unit. You almost wish that there was a veteran on that team that could just just clamp him up and say, I got this. You worry about doing your job. But the receivers are young. I mean, maybe it's Bakhtiari. Maybe it's, the, the, it's Jones, the running back. But... Um, Jordan Love needs to know that, listen, you're not... We don't don't look to you to take everyone by the throat and say, this is how we're doing things. You need to do your job one day at a time. Just be productive and make incremental little steps to get better. I think that's when fans of Green Bay can see love in September and then hopefully see improvement by the time December comes around, and that's a successful season for the young quarterback.
3: Yeah, he has young receivers, but that's okay, right, Teddy? I was once a young receiver myself when I played and came into the league. with the New York Jets. I walked over to Neil O'Donnell, who was our star quarterback. I said, say, man, you got to throw me the ball. Trust me. I'm going to protect you. I'm not going to allow you to have (laughs) interceptions on your record. You've got to own it, right? You're asking for the rock. You want to be able to help this young quarterback grow. You don't want to look down on him when he he doesn't throw you the football. You want to make sure that you kind of put your arms around him at times and let him know. And as I got older, same thing with receivers. I had Sean King with Tampa Bay young quarterback went to his house sat down with him had nice dinner sipped on some wine and said look man Throw me the ball. I got you <laughs> Don't be afraid Yeah, be key. Don't do they I have that like that key? I mean do they, have, they have that key? You, do they have that like,
2: Does Dobbs do that does Watson do that who comes up to him and can be that type of guy? I mean these well, guys starts, were getting tongue tongue lashed by Aaron Rodgers last yeah, year but it starts, do They have enough maturity to hmm. make him feel comfortable
3: it, start, it starts with that, Teddy. I remember Bill Parcells, one of our coaches, he told our quarterbacks when I was a young pup, he said, give him an opportunity and a chance. So it starts with Matt LaFleur and the quarterback coach to let him know, give yeah. those guys an opportunity and a chance. When you see it, let it go. Don't hold the football too long. Don't worry about it. Now, it's our job to make sure the guy in the other color doesn't get it. Mm. And if we, if they do that, they'll be fine. He'll, he'll grow with the confidence.
4: And not only will he grow the confidence key, but he's going to get the chance to grow with all these players surrounding him. They're all young together. They're all going to learn together. They're all in this together. And what Green Bay has done this offseason is it's reinforced all the areas around him to give him, Jordan Love, the best chance to succeed. Because if we look at one of the first moves the Packers made during the offseason, they re-signed Aaron Jones to pair with A.J. Dillon. Mm. Then on the defensive side of the football, where they've invested most of their resources in recent years, they go out and take Lucas Van Ness in the first round of the draft, a defensive player. So they want a strong running game. They want a strong defense. And they need to have these things, considering the fact this is the first time in three and a half decades that they don't have a surefire Hall of Fame quarterback. Manning the helm in Green Bay for the Packers Mm. offense. Yeah, I look forward Mm. to
0: this conversation again when Jordan Love is passing the baton to some other quarterback in 16 years from right now. Uh, Dylan chapter might be the NFL insider for NFL Live at that point in time. Coming up on NFL Live, we have an offense versus defense showdown. Key and Tech take a look at the teams that barely missed the playoffs last year and what they need to do on both sides of the ball to get over the hump
3: this season. Don't stop rock like tick tock. Don't stop clock till break.
5: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: All right, so we're back. And since we have key intent on the show today, we're going to do a little offense versus defense and look at teams using our guys' unique perspective from each side of the ball. We're going to focus on three NFC teams with the best chance to make the playoffs that missed last year's postseason. We start with the Lions. We have a 65% chance to reach the playoffs. After going 9-8 and eight last season, they're followed by two NFC South teams, the Saints and the Falcons. But the Lions are at mandatory minicamp this week as they continue to build off of all the positive progress and vibes this offseason. Here's head coach Dan Campbell from earlier today.
3: We, we know there's no secret we we want to be able to stop the run you want to be a good defense you have to stop the run we're a, a lot farther along than two years ago for sure you know, we we feel like now we're we've got some significant depth in just about all areas which creates competition
1: i really feel like the the biggest area
3: where you really see it is the secondary we're a lot farther ahead than we were.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the Lions already had one of the best offenses in the league last season, ranking fifth in the NFL in points per game from their offense. The Defense, different story. They finished 28th in points allowed, but in the last 10 games, Detroit gave up just over, over 20 points, excuse me, gave up just over 20 points per game and went 8-2 and two in that stretch. So some improvement down the stretch, but Teddy, we're looking ahead. Where can this defense
2: improve this year to help them reach the playoffs? Yeah, I'm glad Dan brought up that secondary and that they're looking better because that's what they're going to need. They were near the bottom of the league field and explosive pass plays allowed in third down defense. And that's when you're talking secondary. So you bring in Cam Sutton, you bring in CJ Gardner Johnson. Let's get that communication going because. You got to you got to get the community in because the busts the word bust you don't want to have in a defensive meeting room and mm. that's what they had in Detroit in the secondary last year free runners just like that right there communication so you bring in a couple of high price free agents veterans that can get it all squared away and that's where it starts
0: key the offense was not the problem last year but do you believe that Jared Goff and the offense can replicate what they did in 2022 by once again putting up all the points
3: I think they can. When you look at Dan Campbell and his style and and where he was built and where he comes from, he wants to run the football first and foremost, and then a lot of play-action pass. Pushing the football down the field is major to him. And I think when you look at Jamison Williams, along with uh, uh, Omarah St. Brown and Marvin Jones Jr., you have opportunity. Now, when they get Williams back in the fold with a young young running back in Gibbs out of Alabama, you can detach him from the formation. You can do all sorts of things with him. But I think you're gonna see Jared Goff take a, yet another step in this offense. Man, they
0: open the season on Thursday night football. Everybody's fired up about the Lions. Let's go to New Orleans, where Derek Carr takes over at quarterback for a Saints offense that was middle of the pack until total QBR last season. On the other side of the ball, their defense was again amongst the best in the league, allowing the fourth lowest QBR in the NFL in their first season under head coach Dennis Allen. Here's Carr and wide up Michael Thomas on Tuesday
3: we were st- sitting here for the first time being a saint. And, you know, flash forward to now, it's a lot of time
0: has gone by, but I couldn't wait till he got in the building. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, because there was a, a big part of my decision was Mike Thomas. It's been very, very helpful that he's been here. And um, I'm really thankful that he's been here. Yeah, for sure, man. He wants to win um, just like I want to win. You hear that, you can feel the sense of urgency. He tells me what to do, I tell him where I'm going to be. And we're on the same page. We can execute at a high level against anyone. Key, it's certainly great to hear from Mike Thomas. You might know a thing or two about him, but how much confidence do you have in the Saints' offense with Derek Carr now at quarterback?
3: I, I, I love it. I mean, this is the best quarterback since Drew Brees that the New Orleans Saints have had. So it's not saying much given the guys in between. But when you get a healthy, we get a healthy Mikey back, and then all of a sudden there's a Chris Olave, and then you know what they have on the defensive side of the ball. You can push the ball down the field. Juwan Johnson at the tight end spot. They brought in his old coach from the Raiders to teach, sort of teach the West Coast offense over in his mind as a New Orleans Saints. So you're going to see a lot of short passing games. It plays right into Mikey's hands. I'm excited for him. All I'm right. all smiles, Teddy. I, I can tell right now. And
0: Bruce, you know, for many years, <laughs> I know you are. Yep. Hey, Bru, for many years, it was all about the offense down in New Orleans. In recent years, it's been about the defense. Last year, they were really good again. What's made them so special?
2: Well, first of all, the defense would like the offense to be special, and hopefully, they can do that <laughs> with uh, with Mikey, as Key calls it, because this defense has these veterans on that on all three levels. They just get it done. Dennis Allen is going to have them going again. Cam Jordan, one of the best in the business, right there on the front, rushing the passer. The De- um, Devondre Campbell. I mean, uh, you got Latimore in the back end, and you got Matthew right there. Okay, great players all around. Linebacker, defensive end, cornerbacks. This is a defense as grizzled and hard right there. So a defense I love to watch. This is a unit you don't have to worry about. Yeah, they've
0: been really fun over the past few years. Let's stay in the NFC South the Falcons made some key additions on both sides of the ball. Of course, they drafted Bijan Robinson, eighth overall. Also signed Taylor Heineke plus Mac Hollins on defense. That was where the movement was. Jesse Bates, Jeff Licuda, Calais Campbell are all expected to start under first-year coordinator Ryan Nielsen. Head coach Arthur Smith recently spoke about second-year quarterback Desmond Ritter. You're looking at the situational stuff he handles, right? I mean, he may get off to a rough start. You know, can you, can you settle down, can you adapt, you see what their game plan is? And it's those critical downs. Third down, I talk about all the time. Third down, red zone, two minute. And I thought he made a lot of strides there. And then this time of year, we continue to enhance the offense, but he's not learning a new language. We knew his leadership traits. It feels like, hey, this is my turn to, to speak out. That's all the stuff right now we're evaluating and we've been very pleased with it. All right, Key, the quarterback's still a question mark, but so many weapons amongst the skill group. How do you see the Falcons attacking defenses this season?
3: This reminds me of the Tennessee Titans when Arthur Smith was there as their Ooh. offensive coordinator. You had the tied in position in John Lewis Smith, right? You had receivers on the perimeter, much like you have in Kyle Pitts, along with Drake London. You had a big, strong running back in B. John, in B. John Robinson from Texas that they drafted. You look at Derrick Henry. So it's kind of they're building it somewhat like Tennessee. I think they're going to be tough. They're going to be a tough out. I don't know that they're quite ready with the young quarterback yet, but they're going to compete. Teddy, a wise man once said, don't confuse activity with
0: achievement. So lots of new bodies on defense for Atlanta, plus a new coordinator. Who's under the most pressure to get this defense on track this year?
3: Well,
2: when you spend all that money, Field, and you get all those pieces like you listed there on the graphic to bring in on the defensive side of the ball, it's all on Nielsen, the defensive coordinator. You have to come up with plans to bring all of these great players from their individual places. I know Bates is a great player, but can he do it again, okay? Can all these players, Dupree, do it again when they come and work together as a unit? That's what Nielsen has to do, and that's what we'll see. Because you bring in a lot of individuals sometimes, and the money's good, and and so you're happy, you think you've accomplished something, but getting them to work together from a defensive coordinator perspective, that's what they have to do. All right, so if someone told me that I had to grade both of your performances so
0: far today on the show, I'd say you're both A level players. You've been excellent. But there was a time not that long ago where Teddy had to guard Pete. That's right back to November 15th, 1999. No. Lineup is a wing tight end right there. And look at Keith, look at that, about five yards of
3: separation. Oh. <laughs> what happened here, man? A simple mental bust <laughs> by Teddy. What'd I say? What is that word?
2: That you know, B like word? That, word that bust. bust word right there? Mental bust. Keyshawn slipped I, out right there. I should have known. That's a mental bust right there. Mental bust. <laughs>
3: Every time, look, you should know, when they line the receiver up Teddy at the tie-in spot in the goal line, he's not blocking, he's gonna fake down and pop out. You should have known that, buddy.
2: Even if I did and I saw you there, I was was just going to grab you anyway. I probably would have got a holding call because I'm not covering you, Key. Uh, I'm like, what are these coaches asking me to cover Keyshawn Johnson for? You know I'm going to lose that. You know That's actually a good
0: call. I'm going to chuck that one up to a poor scheme rather than a poor execution
3: by Teddy. He was looking in the backfield, though.
0: Hey, poor execution and poor scheme. I'm leaning more towards the side of poor scheme. Key, you are unguardable. That's the lesson that we just learned from that one play. We are not done here on NFL live. After a monster uh, season, the Patriots begin minicamp this week as they look to bounce back. Stick around to hear Teddy and build a team, man. a new OC, Bill O'Brien.
5: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
0: Time out of Read and React starting in San Francisco. Here's head coach Kyle Shanahan on where things stand with Brock Purdy's rehab process.
5: He's right on on pace. He has, I think he throws three times a week. I do not sit and watch those. It's part of his process of getting back, and he's continuing right on the track he's always been on. No setbacks, and it's been very good so far. We're taking it very slowly. It's not like you just jump out and push stuff. You're only supposed to throw on this date at this percentage, this many yards, and then you do a certain couple days later and if you stay on track it should heal the right way and right now everything's right on track and so we don't go any i don't ask three weeks ahead It's you just keep trying to stay on that trajectory
0: our daily update chef what more can you add to this
4: well field you heard the key words and phrases there no setbacks on track everything is coming along and i think there's a feeling of optimism around san francisco that Brock Purdy will be ready for opening day and if he's not, that's why they went out and signed Sam Darnold and used the picks they have on Trey Lance, but right now it's tracking where it should be for Brock Purdy.
0: Alright, let's stay in the NFC West and go to Seattle where wide receiver Tyrell Lockett had some high praise for rookie wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba. Take a listen.
3: I think he's going to be phenomenal man.
0: Um, you know, it's always hard just being able to get adjusted when you first come in, but
3: I mean the way that he runs routes, the way that he's understanding the way that Sanjay coaches like you know the sky is going to be the limit I think he's going to be really good at all the things that the Seahawks that we want him to
0: be able to do and so I'm just excited to be able to go out there work with him Um, you know even though you're a vet you can still learn from the young guys too and so um, it's always being able to teach each other stuff and iron sharpening iron and just helping each other be better to win
3: Key, what are your expectations for Jackson Smith and Jigler this season? I'm not going to say his last name. I'm just going to say Jackson Smith because I told him when I saw him I don't want to screw it up. I I expect for him to excel. (laughs) I expect for him to do wonders because when you got veteran guys like Lockett on the outside and Metcalf on the outside and you're on the inside working the linebackers and working the safeties, you can really do some wonders in this league with Geno Smith at the quarterback spot.
0: Let's go to New England where safety Kyle Duggar has been taking notice of Patriots' first-round pick. Quarterback Christian Gonzalez still wearing that number 50 for Bill Belichick tradition. Here's what Duggar said, both very athletic, pretty effortless the way he does everything. Moves in and out of breaks, runs easy, looks very light, very fluid. Teddy, how much pressure is on Christian Gonzalez as a rookie playing a potentially starting role for Patriots defense?
2: I think there's a lot of pressure for him. I don't think there's any time for him to work in because... This defense is best when they have solidification at the cornerback spot, and he's got to be one of those guys. The Jones boys on the other side, but this guy has to be someone they can count on immediately.
0: heck of a catch right there by Gonzalez. It is a new day in New England on offense with Bill O'Brien as the coordinator. His objective, get Mac Jones back on track after the team's forgetful offensive output in 2022. Jones tried to get back on track by throwing to tight ends like he did as a rookie. He had 10 touchdowns when targeting tight ends two seasons ago with the QBR that was seventh in the league. Last year, he struggled throw into that position group with more interceptions than touchdown passes. Tight end Mike Kosicki is entering his first season in New England. He talked about playing for Bill O'Brien. "Quote: Coach O'Brien has done a really good job bringing everybody along with him. Everybody has bought into how he coaches. He has a lot of energy. The guys are excited to come out here, and a lot of that is credited to him, who quote. Teddy, you, go, you speak Patriot. What do you think about those comments coming from Mike Kosicki about Bill O'Brien?
2: Yeah, everything's roses right now, because in the mini camps it's all about friendships and relationships and developing rapport. And, you know, Billy O'Brien's that's what he's doing right now, but they call him teapot for a reason, okay? Because that teapot will simmer and simmer and <laughs> simmer, and pretty soon, that's going to whistle off, okay? Yeah. And Bill O'Brien is a little bit of a hothead, and he wants things done a certain way, and eventually, when the pressure starts ramping up, that's when... All of these players will know this is business. So, I mean, I understand what Gasecchi's play- saying there, but uh, these, these young players on offense got to know who they're dealing with here, and Billy O's serious.
3: And I, and I think they will over time, right, Teddy? You, you Like you said, it's minicamp, it's OTAs. It'll be different in the middle of training camp. But the one thing that I like about everything that's going on in New England is, is the head coach and Coach Belichick realized He screwed it up a year ago. He didn't come out publicly and say it. He doesn't need to. He got rid of the other two guys, and he brought in Bill O'Brien. He went to his buddy down in Alabama and said, hey, I need my guy back. He knows the quarterback. He knows what he needs to do. He understands who the quarterback is. He's had guys like this before. And I think when you look at New England's offense as a whole, they bring in a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, who I believe is a pretty good slot receiver. He's physical. He's fast enough. He's not afraid to mix it up in there. And when you go back and you look at Bill O'Brien's offenses in Houston, they were pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. They were not slouches on the offensive side of the ball. No, he's not mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, but he does mm-hmm. know his strengths and weaknesses and what Mac Jones does well and what he does poor. Yeah. So it, it certainly will help New England's offense with a solid defense. Yeah, well, well
0: Teddy, well, you're certainly right that around many camp, most everybody is speaking optimistically. It's hard not to think back to last year where the tenor was – different candidly at this time of the year. A lot of uncertainties are out of the Patriots offense. A bit more of a, it's a respectable group already on the field so far this year. Still to come, a new look for the Ravens offense. Will offseason additions help Lamar Jackson return to MVP form? Hear why Teddy thinks Lamar's leg should remain as the key to the Ravens' success. No for some top stories here on NFL Live. And Shefty,
4: what more can you tell us about DeAndre Hopkins? Well, Field, Mike Vrabel told reporters a short time ago that DeAndre Hopkins is going to visit the Titans early next week. And it represents the first visit since the Arizona Cardinals released him for the former five-time Pro Bowl wide receiver. There's certainly a need in Tennessee for another wide receiver. And so DeAndre Hopkins will visit there first. It's not necessarily his first choice, But the Titans obviously have some interest right now. Meanwhile, Derrick Henry in the building at OTAs. And yesterday represented the first time that Henry and the new Titans general manager, Rand Carthen, wound up meeting. It's a big year for Henry. He's entering the final season of his contract. There was trade speculation about him during the offseason. He's not going anywhere, he's staying right now, but clearly a big year. For him, and it's going to be a big year for Quinnon Williams as well. The New York Jets defensive tackle, the two sides are engaged in a stalemate as he heads into the final season of his rookie deal. Williams is looking for a four year extension. The Jets want him at a five year extension. Money shouldn't be the issue. It's more right now a disagreement over the length of that contract. But somehow, yesterday, Robert Sala said that he is confident that they will find a way to figure that out. And Chase Young is back, working out for the Commanders at OTAs at their mandatory mini camp. He also is in the final season of his rookie contract. They declined the fifth-year option. And so when we talk about big years, there's another one to pay attention to. Chase Young, the former top pick of the Washington Commanders, looking at the prospect of becoming a free agent
0: after this season. Fascinating potential storyline down there in D.C. Let's go just a little bit up the highway to Baltimore, where Lamar Jackson will have three new wide receivers to throw to this season after Baltimore signed Odell Beckham Jr. and Nelson Aguilar to one-year deals, plus drafted Zay Flowers, 22nd overall. That group will try to do something that's never happened in Ravens history. Have a wide receiver selected to the Pro Bowl. Here's Ravens head coach John Harbaugh on their new look off.
4: To me, the offense starts in that world more than it did before. And uh, I'm excited about that. I know Lamar's excited about that. He and I have had conversations about it. Obviously, Todd is right in there with T, coaching the offense to the quarterbacks. Uh, That's been really good. Uh, We've had a lot of one-on-one sessions in terms of, you know, just how we're going to operate and how the the quarterbacks need to operate. I think you saw today the communication probably better than what you saw last week, right? So we just got to keep building on that.
0: All right, so Kia, new system down there in Baltimore for Lamar Jackson, who is, of course, now signed for a long time, which is the best news of the offseason. But how are you expecting the Ravens to attack teams with all their new additions this offseason?
3: Let it fly. I mean, they, they realized that they needed to let it fly. That's why they went out there and got OBJ. They went out there and got Nelson Aguilar and drafted Zay Jones. Uh, Duvernay's there, Rashad Bateman's there, Mark Andrews is there. Why waste the talent? Why waste the talent? Why not put the football in the air? Running the football is only gonna get you so far. You've certainly got to throw in Lamar Jackson can throw the football down the field. People always try to say he can't, but that's a lie. He can make it fly and I look forward to watching him make it fly.
2: I got to know early though key that they are still capable at least of of committing to a running game because defensively if you still have that threat I mean, and you know Lamar is part of that running game. If they can still have that, then you got just explosiveness waiting to happen because when they decide to throw it and you do it off of play action and then you've got Beckham and Flowers and Bateman and Andrews back there, all of a sudden, I'm looking like I did in that highlight you had earlier and then defenses are like looking around like, oh my gosh, they're behind us. So I just think the run game is virtually still important for this team. You got to establish it, especially in September, just saying, hey, fellas, we know what we
4: got now, but look what we can still do. Well, what's interesting there, Teddy, is you're talking about Lamar running the football and all those highlights of Lamar running the football. And what has Lamar talked about this offseason? The fact that in this new offense, under the new offensive coordinator, Todd Mokken, he's going to do less running and more throwing and so they're going to get away from one of the things that's made him so effective which he wants to do Mm. he wants to Mm. throw the ball more which is why they went out Mm. and added Beckham and why they drafted Zay Flowers and signed Nelson Aguilar so that is in this team's plans we'll see if it follows through but Lamar is thinking he's going to be running less and throwing more Ooh,
0: running less and throwing more interesting uh, fantasy football implications as well right there Adam (laughs) Schefter uh Key This is one of the most interesting years I can recall for any conference, but the AFC just looks so loaded, specifically two divisions, the AFC East and the AFC North. So if you had to sort of stack up the Ravens compared to the rest of their AFC North brethren, where do they stack up? Are they right there near Cincinnati?
3: I I think they're, yeah, they're right there. They might be above Cincinnati. You know, they were rolling when Lamar was healthy. Now they went into Cincy and beat Cincy. It's not like they haven't beaten them before. They right there i think they. yeah i'm gonna put them right above them
0: put them right above them okay there it is he has them right above the Bengals. i just can't wait to see that entire division because it feels like all four teams could legitimately make the playoffs this season time now for one more thing and check this out josh allen was announced as the cover athlete for madden 24 the first ever bills player and for the first time ever the cover photo will include fans that is awesome. An ode to Bill's Mafia. Key, what do you think about the choice here of Josh Allen as the cover athlete? Uh-oh.
3: I, I, I like it. It's cool, but it's putting too much pressure on him in the Buffalo Bills. This do, is like you believe in that in pressure her. that he does not need.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay. So, Ted, do you believe in the Madden curse? I love we'll the
2: fans seconds. on that. Yeah. Having the fans on the cover of Madden is nice. Yeah.
4: Jeffy, I'm worried about the uh, I'm worried about the Madden curse for Bills Mafia. I mean, if the fans are on the cover, they've got to own up to that and be really ready for the season that's ahead of them. Be careful, Bills Mafia. I'm just saying. Yeah, be bad. careful. <laughs>